Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 342nd episode of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and Voice America Business Channel. And we're broadcasting in this eighth year across the world. And we're back in our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. After spending last week with clients in Sydney, Australia and doing the show from there, it's great to be back. Today I'm going to start the program by talking about 10 misconceptions about the human brain. The human brain is notoriously complicated and much of the organ remains a mystery, but there are 10 of the biggest and most widely believed misconceptions, so we're going to discuss those and why they're wrong. The first misconception is that there are left brain and right brain people. Now, according to popular culture, logical, analytical people have a left brain while creative and artistic types think with their right brain. But this simply is not true. An extensive study by the University of Utah examined the brains of more than a 1,000 people and found that by looking at MRI scans of brain activity, both sides of the brain were more or less equal in their neural networks and their connectivity. So how often do you hear that we only use 10% of our brain? Now, this is the second misconception. In reality, the idea that we only use 10% of our brain is totally untrue. In fact, we use pretty much all of it. Studies have shown how our brains are engaged in even the smallest cursory tasks. There's evidence that we also have brain reserves. For example, people can lose significant portions of their brains and still function relatively normally. The third misconception is that we have a learning style. You hear this at school, and I, I don't know why. I think it's so that um, guidance counsellors can sound like they know what they're talking about. Many people were taught that they had a learning style at school. The idea that some people are better at retaining information orally, visually, or by listening and there's absolutely no scientific evidence that learning styles exist at all. Many people also believe that it's all downhill when you turn 40. When you turn 40, your brain starts to deteriorate marginally. By the time you're 80, your brain's screwed. This is also a misconception. Some cognitive skills do decline as you get older. For example, you know, young children are better at learning languages because their brains are still developing and they are essentially built to absorb information. But research shows that older people experience more tip-of-the-tongue moments too, where you sit there and you go, I know what it is. It's on the tip of my tongue. I just can't quite remember. happens to me all the time. But older people tend to have a better vocabulary and are better at differentiating between the nuances of language. Also, older people are better judges of character, know how to deal with conflict better and can more easily keep their emotions in check, all of which results in wisdom. The fifth misconception is that men and women learn differently. Science journalist Angela Saini says that many assumptions made about how men and women learn are based on lazy observation. Men do tend to have bigger brains, but this is purely because of body size, not an evolutionary advantage. So no research has ever found any specific gender differences in how our neurons connect to each other or in how male and female brains function. Misconception number six is that there are only five senses. We're taught about the five senses, right? You'll remember what they are, sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. But neuroscientists list 21 ways that we sense things. For example, touch is actually an amalgamation of a few different senses. We have the perception of pressure, of heat, of pain, called nociception. 
proprioception is a sense of where our bodies are and the position we're in. Like when we walk along a line, touching our nose as a test for sobriety. There are also some interoceptive senses, things like balance, hunger, and thirst. And how often have you been told that drinking alcohol kills your brain cells? Bullshit. That's misconception number seven. Too much alcohol can make us slur, can make us fall over. So it's not an uncommon assumption that it hurts our brain cells. However, it doesn't. The amount of alcohol required to kill brain cells would actually poison the person drinking it. You would need to drink a shed load of alcohol before it caused any brain damage. There's also a lot of discussion about brain injuries in the NFL. It's been stated that brain damage is permanent. Once it happens, eh, you got a problem. Well, this is misconception number eight. The brain controls everything in your body, and it's where your consciousness lives. So damaging it is a bloody big deal. But if you get a brain injury, it's remarkably good at compensating for any losses. So we now know that the brain's relatively plastic elastic and can generate new cells. It can also repair itself or recruit other parts of the brain to help out with different functions if the damage does happen to be irreparable. The ninth misconception about the brain is that we know what will make us happy or sad. And actually, we don't have any control over what scenarios and experience make us happy or sad at any moment. Research shows we overestimate how happy social and leisure activities will make us, and we overestimate how miserable things will make us. Our brains are pretty resilient. The final misconception about the brain is that listening to Mozart makes you smart. How often do you hear this? I play Mozart to my kid and he turned out to be Einstein. Research in the 50s found that students at the University of California at Irvine, if they listened to 10 minutes of a Mozart sonata before taking an IQ test, they improved their scores by eight points. Despite extensive efforts by a whole truckload of people, no other scientists ever have been able to replicate the results. So there's another one. So they're the 10 misconceptions about your brain. Do you get my daily 30-second read business newsletter? We've got about 1.8 million daily subscribers. It takes 30 seconds to read. And every day we tackle a different subject from advances in medicine to new apps to new technology to subjects like Hyperloop, autonomous cars and blockchain. You get a fair bit of stuff on cryptocurrency on this program. It's absolutely free and its information is invaluable. And if you had a listen to the tips that we've given you over the years, not only for um, cryptocurrency, but also for things like CRISPR, you would be mega rich today. Now, this is a great story. Last month, we saw the inauguration of E-Road Arlanda in Sweden. It's the first road in the world to allow both commercial and passenger vehicles to be recharged while driving. The solution, the solution sustainable and cost-effective. It allows existing roads to be electrified and helps to create the future of fossil-free road transport. You know, this is one of the most important issues of our time. And Sweden's at the cutting edge of this technology. Two kilometres of electric rail were installed along a public road outside Stockholm. And as electric cars or trucks drive the electrified road, it transfers energy to the vehicle from the road through a movable arm. The arm detects the location of the rail in the road, and as long as a vehicle is near the rail, the contact will be in a lowered position. The electrified roads used by electric trucks developed as part of the project. So the road actually charges your electric car or truck as you're driving along. A similar contract's being trialled in France. And what's important about this is that these rails are being placed on existing roads. That means that every road, or at least every freeway road perhaps, could charge electric cars. So the challenge is how we could make the physical world emulate as closely as possible. 
the fluidity and adaptability of the online world. And this is the perfect way to do it. The solution's based on conductive technology that uses an electric rail installed in the road to power and recharge vehicles along their journey. Pretty bloody smart, eh? I reckon that's fantastic. I love it. Now, my guest today is Oscar Garcia, the CEO and founder of Ulala, U-U-L-A-L-A. I saw him speak at... um, Beverly Hills Blockchain, and I thought he was fantastic. And then I saw him speak again week before last at the Big Crypto Invest Conference in Los Angeles. And I went up to him straight afterwards and said, I have got to invest in this project. It is fantastic. So I did. So ooh-la-la, U-U-L-A-L-A. And Oscar's considered an authority on financial services for the emerging Latino market across the US, Mexico, and the Americas. It is an enormous market. It's addressing the needs of the underbanked Latino population, providing a single ecosystem for its users to deposit checks, pay bills, send cross-border remittances, and build a credit profile to qualify for additional financial services. It is a brilliant, brilliant cryptocurrency offering. So have a listen to Oscar, and I'll be Back with him in just a sh- after a short break on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, being broadcast across the world this week from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, where technology meets entertainment. I'll be back in a sec. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. For over the past seven and a half years or so, we've given you the insights into the lives of over 350 of the world's most interesting business people. We talk about what it is they do, how they've become successful, and we try to get behind that a bit to find out what it is that really makes them tick. In this interview segment, it's it's our intention to keep you up to date with all the current business news, as well as new developments in health, technology, and apps, and to introduce you to some of the world's most interesting and successful business people. I first saw today's guest present at the Beverly Hills Blockchain event in Los Angeles and again at the Crypto Invest Summit a couple of weeks ago at the Los Angeles Convention Centre. Oscar Garcia is a tremendous presenter and he's got a great message. He's really captivating. In fact, Oscar's so good, I immediately invested in his company, which is called Ooh La La. How can you go wrong with a name like that? Now, Oscar is the CEO and co-founder of Ulala, which is a blockchain-based company that has solved the financial services problem by helping the cash consumer become creditworthy. Ulala connects the hundreds of millions of Latinos from the US to Brazil who don't have a bank account to finally be connected to the formal economy. In the US alone, the Latino GDP is a staggering $2.3 trillion. That's $2,300 million. That's a hell of a lot of loot that um, is going uncaptured. So it's really difficult and expensive to be poor. 
you know, particularly if you're one of the large segment of the Hispanic population who don't have a bank account or a credit card, you know, you typically transact in cash-only environment where you wait in long lines to pay bills or to send money back home. And when you're paying cash, it often costs you more. And banks charge you 29 bucks a month for a checking account. There are overdraft fees, cash checking business charge. They charge high fees to cash your check. And remittance companies charge higher fees. And that reduces the amount of money that arrives where it's needed most. So these factors exacerbate the chasm between rich and poor. Now, Ulala uses blockchain to remove the middlemen drive down costs, and it empowers those people who need it most. This will allow individuals to build credit, save on services, and earn cash back by paying their bills. Oscar's been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, built a number of companies, and accelerated the growth of small businesses. As the CEO of Ulala, Oscar's passion for social impact will be global. Now, what they've done, when you go to the Ulala website, you see the incredible team of diverse executives, many of whom are Latino descent. He's secured financial services and distribution partnerships, all while raising millions from crowdfunding. Oscar's driven by an insatiable desire to solve important problems through technology. Ulala with its blockchain technology to empower a culture through financial inclusion and transparency. It really is the future of banking. Oscar, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. You're being heard all around the world. Bob, thank you. Uh, That was one of the best introductions. I honestly am thinking, you don't need me on the show. We got you. (laughs) So what was the motivation for Ooh La La? Did you just wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning one day and go, Ooh La La, what a great idea. How did that come about? Well, the the business idea came about because of a, I would say, a disrespect Four years ago, uh, I was working with a uh, I was working with a Hector Barreto who used to head up the SBA under George W. Bush. I was the vice president; he was the president. There was an owner of a company that we brought the Latin community to, and we brought them over sixty million dollars in revenue in a short period of time, under nine months. Wow! And unfortunately, he failed the Latin community. He failed to keep his promises to the community. And for me, I've always looked for a product or a service that can actually do what they say they're going to do, do it right, uh, fulfill your commitment, and this demographic will reward you. So it really came about because of four years ago, uh, a failed business taught me the lessons, and I wanted to do it right. Okay. I've got to ask you about the name. I love the name. <laughs> Ooh la la. It's just it's fantastic. How did you come up with a name? Well, ULALA stands for Universal Utility Loading Application and Lending Appliance. That's what it really means. So when you really when you look at ULALA, the the real way to spell it is like O H something, right? Yeah. Um, we, because of the universal utility aspect of it, it just created that U U aspect of it, and the the you know the loading application squared you know equals the la la. Yeah. Really, that's where it came from. It, it's something unique. It's like an Amazon family name, but it really serves a purpose. It's a fabulous name. I love it. So why are you specifically looking to help unbanked Latinos? Is that hard to well, penetrate? Bob, Is it hard to penetrate that market? Do, do they trust the system? Uh, I, I don't think they trust the system. I think that they've been taken for granted. Uh, um, I'm a son of an immigrant. I've seen my mom really hate and despise walking into banks. She felt that she was in line just to get disrespected. You know, she would walk into a bank, ask the cashier check. She would be looked at like she's kind of some, you know, weird alien. And, uh, you know, she just felt disrespected all the time. And for them to charge a fee to cash her check, uh, that, that's, that's really what we're trying to solve. 
Now, can you penetrate this market? I think four years ago was our test case where not only did we penetrate the market, we, we were able to bring $60 million in revenue in under nine months. Yeah. We now have a, a system and a process where we know we not only can penetrate, we can dominate with this culture. Yeah. I, I hate to tell you this, but I, I'm, I'm not a Latino, but I hate banks too. They are rude, <laughs> objectionable. They do absolutely nothing to help you. They have you sit around for hours and deliver four-fifths of fuck all. I don't like banks at all. Um, hey, Bob, that's exactly what we believe, right? We believe that the that the common threads here between every culture is that if you're unbanked, if you're not worth – even people worth millions of dollars. Let me tell you, I still stand in line. I show them my bank accounts, and they're like, wow, this is amazing, but yet they still keep me in line for 20 minutes because they killed the merchant line. Yeah. You know, just to just to move money around. It's stupid. Yeah, I agree. So the growth in the use of blockchain in the financial service, that it's been exponential, hasn't it? I mean, every day you read about new institutions and new organisations, particularly in the financials, not only in the financial uh, services area, but in all sorts of area. It's growing like crazy. So how are you using blockchain in Ulala? Well, we, we started looking at how we can actually log these transactions for underbanked individuals that, you know, in some cases they're legally here in the United States, other times they're not. But what we can all share in common is that we're, we're all citizens of the world. Yep. So why not create a platform that actually empowers every citizen in the world? Uh, blockchain technology gave us the ability to have a completely decentralized, immutable record. Now, yeah. that's the key. Blockchain is the ability where you can have several different computers actually, or seven different nodes, actually verify that that transaction happened, right? That transaction happened. When you have that, you no longer are a, a byproduct of a big institution like a Wells Fargo that says, this happened because I say it happened. No, yeah. it's not because they say it happened. It's because there's verifiable proof that it happened. That's what blockchain does. When we have institutions that actually does that, now you can have a global credit score. Now you can have a global financial score. Now you can have a global entity that can prove that this individual, his intentions are good. His yeah. intentions are worth X amount of dollars, right? Blockchain technology really opens those doors. It is fantastic, and it's about time we made the whole system transparent because at the moment, and in, I happen to be in Australia this week doing some business, and there's just been a big banking inquiry here, and all the banks um, got torn to shreds for all sorts of devious um, undertakings, for for lying, for cheating on uh, reports, and, and, you know, and these are people that we're supposed to look up to. So how... That's the point. That's the point, right? It's yeah, absolutely. Just because someone says this CEO is a good guy, uh, you're supposed to look up to him. You know, hey, let's let's trust, but let's verify. Blockchain yeah. technology is that ability to verify, and that way nobody can change the record, nobody can lie, steal, and cheat. That's yeah. the whole purpose. Great. So, do when you when you're out talking to. Um, unbanked Latinos, do you do you emphasize the blockchain? I mean, do they know what the blockchain is or have any idea of how it works? No. All they care about is that their business is being respected. They're being shown a new system that for some reason can verify who they are and for some reason can help them obtain microcredit loans. Right. They don't know what they don't know, right? Like, do you actually know how TCP IP and voice over IP works on your cell phone? Because sometimes you're on the carrier's line. Other times when you're calling someone internationally, you're going over a VoIP system. Yep. So do people really know how their cell phone transactions are being done? No. But the cell phone companies are able to route two different systems, one yep. that's theirs and one that's VoIP, in order to get the call across internationally. Yeah. We are exactly like that. We're, we're a, a technology company that uses blockchain, which is our carrier, if you will, 
that can verify and make things happen. Money goes from point A to point B, how it happens or how it works. Most people don't care as long as there's good customer service, great value, and something that, that can reward them for doing the activities that they're doing. Right. So what blockchain are you on and why did you choose that particular one? Well, we use multi-chain, which gives us the ability to have our own blockchain in several different countries. So a lot of people always ask us, why aren't you on the ERC-20 Ethereum contract? And the short answer is when a lot of people are using it, it's bogged down. You can't go to a Starbucks and actually order a mochaccino cappuccino and wait two hours to have a transaction verified. That's we don't want that to happen. Yeah, That's the problem right now of, of current blockchains and cryptocurrency, right? With, yeah. Whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin Cash, that that's prevents it going mainstream into the transactional level. So what do we do? We actually use multi-chain that gave us the ability to have smart contracts that we can add or take away from. And not only that, but it can give us the ability to have separate blockchains with separate rules in separate countries. So the United States has certain rules. They say we want things done in an ABC fashion. Mexico says, yeah, that's great, but we want you to add C, D, E, and F. So because of multi-chain, we're able to create slightly different blockchains and then link them together to make a multi-chain blockchain environment for every country and be viable for those countries' laws. We believe that that's smarter, that's better. At the end of the day, we batch out our transactions. We don't do our transactions on the blockchain on a second-by-second basis. We learn the lessons on the merchant service industry. When you batch out all transactions at the end of the day where the load is less, so that way you have one transactional uh, scenario instead of multi-transactions that happen on a second-by-second basis. Well, do you reckon this is – off your subject for a minute, but do you think that EOS is going to change, um, going to be a better solution than Ethereum? Well, I, I believe any technology that speeds up the transactional history and lowers the cost of it is definitely going to be a better boat. EOS is on a rise. Their technology is looking to be launched at the end of June, to my understanding. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, there's great, there's great promise. I'm waiting to see. Um, but anything that speeds up the process definitely will catch our attention. We've talked to Block One, who runs EOS, yep. and we like what they have to say. So they're looking, and you know what? They were honest with us. They were looking for platforms that will eventually migrate over to them once they launch. And yes. we believe we're going to watch what they do and then actually launch. Uh, if it's if it's tangible, launch with them. But if it's not, then we use the multi-chain as we already have plans to do so. Right. So what is the gap in the market that Ulala looks to fill? Is it is it simply the bottom end of the market, um, bottom end of the Latino market, or is it across the board Latino market? Well, it's, it's really across the board Latino market, but we start with the bottom first. When you rise the bottom – Yep. to a certain level, then the medium class individuals, the upper class individuals will take notice, right? Because if it's sure. good for for the goose, it's good for the gander. And, and that's what we're looking at. First and foremost, we're talking about 30% of the world is unbanked. 55% of the world is underbanked, meaning yep. they don't have credit worthiness. Yep. So when you really look at the spectrum, we're talking about more than half of the world can use ooh-la-la eventually. But how do we prove to, to the whole world that this is a better mousetrap, right? So we went after the Latino market because we're saying, look, we can lower all their fees to cash their checks, pay their bills, send money out, but we can reward them with microloans by tracking what they spend and actually giving them $10, $20, $50 loans. Yeah. Once they do that and we're able to prove the model, then we can expand out, right? Then we can go middle class, upper class, and whatnot. But once we, we prove the model with the majority of the Latin culture, then we can open up to the world. So we're basically taking a NyQuil type of approach where they said right. we're a nighttime formula compared to all the daytime formulas. They dominated that space, and then they went and created DayQuil. 
where they now they control both of the sides of the aisle. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's ooh la la. It seems to me ooh la la. I've spent a hell of a lot of time in India and um, in Africa, and I would have thought that um, ooh la la was absolutely made for those two markets. We learned from those two markets, and there's a lot of competitors that are yeah, going after those two markets. But when, when you look at it, if you're an individual that's getting bitten by all these companies, you have a lot of options. You know, that's, that's what we call a red ocean environment. What we want is a blue ocean environment where there's almost nobody going after a certain demographic. It's a yep. demographic as big as $2.3 trillion, and we can be the big fish there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So what is it about what you're doing that excites you the most? What, what gets you going at 6 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> uh, I, I think for me it's oh, uh, 7 o'clock in it the just morning. Happened. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, literally this just happened. Um, let me tell you about what just happened about 45 minutes ago. 45 minutes ago, I was at a restaurant, and this, this older lady – walks in with, let me count them here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bushels of flowers for Mother's Day. Right. She can barely wrap her hands around these flowers, and she's coming around the restaurant seeing if she can sell these flowers to anyone. Yep. And she's getting denied, denied, and denied, and then I bought them all from her. That lady was like my mom. That lady did not stop after the first denial. That lady kept on going, and all she wants to do is feed her family. Sure. So if I can help out that lady, if I can buy out those flowers, if I can give her dignity and respect, then that's why I will wake up early in the morning. Yeah, it, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? I, I'm not sure about feeling good. <laughs> I'm, I don't know how to feel it because I lived it. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's about – Getting the culture the dignity that they deserve. This yeah. is a hardworking culture that does more than what people think. It's a shadow culture that you don't pay into until it slaps you in the face. And if we can bring back that dignity, if we can help them rise and get extra access to financial inclusion, that we have done something right and we've proven that you can make a lot of money doing the right thing. Yeah, and it is a hardworking culture. Sure is. Um, yeah. So what's the biggest threat to Ulala? What what gives you butterflies in the stomach sometimes? <laughs> well, it's simple. It, it, it's uh, people that get in our way. It doesn't give me butterflies. It fires me up. Oh, okay. It's people who don't understand, right? It's, it's, it's banks that go, what is blockchain? It, it, it's institutions that don't want to embrace new technologies, new systems, new perils. It's old systems like Wells Fargo, who's getting fined a billion dollars because they lie, steal, and cheated the commercial, you know, the consumer yeah. by creating false bank accounts without their knowledge. That fires me up, and it's really irritating that there's certain companies and certain, you know, individuals that are trying to go to the 22nd century, the 23rd century technology, but there's people who resist change no matter what because they're trying to hang on to their last destitution of the old model. If you do not embrace change, you will be left behind. The internet has proven that. Cell phones has proven that. They're not smartphones, right? Every yeah. industry has evolved. The banking industry has not. It That's is time. True. That's true. And if you don't change, you're going to go very quickly because change is accelerating so fast and the people that are using new technology are improving their profits, they're improving their their, um, customer service, they're improving everything about their businesses. So if you don't follow that path, you will lose. Absolutely. And and look at the examples we have right now. Toys R Us. Yeah. Huge institution. Just lost. They lost to Amazon. They outsourced to Amazon. Amazon now beat them, right? Yeah. Everyone who's who has failed to look at technology and people who always say, well, how can you compete with these institutional big juggernauts? Because they're blinded to change. That's how we compete. That's right. I agree. Um, can you just give us a brief overview on how the ooh-la-la financial ecosystem and mobile app actually works? I mean, how do you start? Sure. How does it, how does it, how does it happen? Well, there, there's two major bridges in the industry that we solve, right? We always 
I'll talk about how there's 10 steps in the banking world. You know, the first step is you, you have some kind of cash or some kind of check, and then you need to transfer that paper, that check into cash. And then you use that cash to pay bills, to do the things that you need to do to live on. If you have consistent money, then you get a bank account. That's usually around step four, yeah. right? And then once you have a bank account, you start building some kind of credit, you know, but that's step five, six, seven, and eight. And, and then when you're at step eight and you got a FICO score of 800, everybody and their mom wants you. Well, yep. there's, there's gaps. The, the first gap is how do you get cash into the system when there is no bank account? The second gap is how do you kickstart credit when most institutions won't give you things until you take out a thousand dollars or more on some kind of item? Yeah. So what we did first, what our phase one is, is turning as many people, and I'm saying this again, people into walking, talking bank tellers. Yeah. Because the same way the, the Airbnb is of the world turned houses into hotels or apartments into hotels. We believe that peer-to-peer banking is the next evolution of the financial sector. Yep. So if an individual who has money into the system can help another individual who's new to the system load $50, load $100 in cash yep. into the system by mean, by simply being united to being shown that, hey, listen, I can help you load $100 for a fee of $2. Yep. If that fee is acceptable to you, you hit agree, you get matched up, he hits agree, there's an escrow system, you meet, you give that person cash, he hits the button. We're watching the transaction on every step. And then we move the money from his account to your account. Now you have that money accessible digitally. So what does that mean? That means your money now has a virtual Visa card attached to it. Now you can go to any Amazon, Hulu, anywhere where you can save money and actually buy things. Now you can use that Visa virtual number to pay your bills because if you walk into a place to pay your bills, they're charging you a cash fee. Yeah, but if you pay your bills with your Visa card, you actually lower the ability or, or or eliminate that fee altogether. Yeah, I think the great great thing about this is that um, I've got a friend who uh, does microloans in India, and he says that when you give people who don't have the facilities, when you give them microloans, their repayment um, percentage of of defaults is almost zero. Whereas, you know, we middle class lot, we default all the time. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, right? Yeah. The, the, the facade of the industry says that the lowest people in the totem pole will not pay their bills. Yeah. And, and really, it's the other way around. It is the right? other way the around. People, yeah. right, the people who need it most want to pay it back because there's not that many people that will trust them with it. So that way, it, it's almost 100%. Our, our numbers show 98.5% repayment. From the Latino market, yeah, it's phenomenal. Well, my my, my friend who does the thing in in India was saying it. It's about ninety nine percent that meet their obligations, which is amazing. Um, phenomenal. The the company tagline empowering you. What's the social impact that you wish to have on the Latino demographic? What do you, what do you want them to achieve out of this? Apart from improving well, their credit. Well, it's, it's, it's really um, self-respect and the ability for them to know that all their activities can really empower them. You know, every one of their activities can help them grow as a financial, financially feasible individual. Empowering you, and, and our logo actually signifies that. It's, a, it's really a power symbol yeah. tilted to the right with the letter U right into it, right? Yeah. So when you press the button and it empowers you and empowers all your activity, empowers all your financial credibility and empowers merchants to give micro loans to individuals. That's really going to be our phase two. So empowering you is really all about empowering, not just the individual, but the merchant to actually give micro credit loans and reward programs to consumers. So we really want people to take that message to heart the more they're in control of their lives, the more they control their money, the more they keep more of their money, the more they can actually give to their immediate family and to society. The, um, do you expect that initially most of the um, 
matching loans, if you like, a loan and, and request is, is going to come from the Latino community or do you think that it's going to be much more broad-based than that? Well, it's definitely going to come from the Latino community because we're targeting the Latino community first. I, I think our, our rollout process is like 80% Latino, 20% everyone else. Right. So we do expect a good chunk of that, of, of the micro loans to be requested by the Latino uh, market. Uh, we have different type of partnerships going on right now with the insurance industry where they're going to be pushing the education to the Latino market on what they can do with our platform. Right. So we do expect the insurance industry to help guide the Latino market. So the short answer is yes, definitely it's going to come from the Latino market. How um, how easy is the Latino market to reach with messages? Is it is it you know some of it's underground, some of it's underground, and uh, so how do you reach them? Is there common media that they they follow? S- social media is that popular? How, no, it, how, how do you it, reach it? Social media is yeah, social media is really popular, but we don't need that. We have community trusted advisors that we're targeting that already deal with the demographic. Most of these advisors are people that have followings in the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of individuals. So when that individual says, you know, influencers, right in general, when they say do this because it does this for you, people migrate and go curiosity strikes, they go try it, right? right? That is more impactful than the social media campaign of a commercial for 30 seconds that doesn't really say shit to you, right? We really want people to be touched with their hearts and and be rewarded with their wallets. Right. So who are are these influencers? Are they sports stars or pop stars or business people? No, no. Business people like Veronica's Insurance. Right. Uh, Veronica's Insurance is a big popular insurance house over here in Southern California. Her billboards are almost everywhere. Yep. So it's individuals like her. Uh, and there's more examples of these insurance individuals where people have been hearing about these individuals for decades. And now we can go to them, partner up with them, and actually have them tell people this is good and this is why they're good. So, uh, Latino, um, is the Latino public extremely loyal to certain brands or certain individuals, uh, certain personalities? I, I, I'm not sure if they're loyal to a brand, but they're loyal to a brand if that brand is loyal to them. Right. Right. When, when, when a Wells Fargo, as big of a brand that is, has been caught, you know, over to death, the Latin culture, brand does not matter. What right. matters is customer service, respect, dignity, that's what matters to the culture, right? People are willing to pay for value. People are willing to pay for customer service. People are willing to pay quite a bit of money. But when you take away the infrastructure of a, of a reward system, uh, then why should they pay, right? Why should they pay for low customer service? Why should sure. they pay high fees for people who are just disrespecting them? There's no reason to do that in this world anymore, right? The internet is here to empower. Technology is a force multiplier. Uh, once we show them the value and reward system they'll get from Ulala, this is going to be a no-brainer to the culture. Great. So, what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about Ulala? I love that. <laughs> well, I, this, I just can, love that name. Yeah. <laughs> you love that name, Bob. Uh, <laughs> you can easily go to Token Sale dot ulala.io that's token sale dot u-u-l-a-l-a dot i-o which means input output by the way a lot yep. of people go well what you know why aren't you a dot com we right. like the input output so token sale dot dot io is where they can get all the latest information they can see our videos we have product demonstrations there um they can see why nasdaq uh, why we were at the NASDAQ Tower in Times Square educating, you know, people at NASDAQ's boardroom. Um, so they can really get a good idea of what we do. Uh, obviously, people can read the articles from the Huffington Post, Yahoo Finance, Forbes, Inc., just to name a few. Yeah. So they can see what those institutions have been saying about our platform. 
Well, Oscar, unfortunately, we're out of time, but um, thanks very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. It was great to catch up with you the last couple of times, and uh, I hope we see each other again soon. And you can learn more. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, thank you to you for your support, for your commitment for us. I I greatly appreciate you staying one of our investors. Uh, You know, for all transparency, I did not know that. So I'm very glad to hear that from you. And anything we can do, I have a fiduciary responsibility to you. Anything we can do to answer your questions, by all means, just call. Thanks very much. So that's ooh la la. So I invite you to have a a good look at it. It's really fantastic. And if you if you see that Oscar's speaking anywhere, go along and see him because after watching him for five minutes, you'll be convinced like I was. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Network after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking absolutely no bullshit business radio show and we're on voice america business network and we're broadcasting today from our studio on hollywood boulevard in hollywood and this is the spot where technology meets entertainment now one of the topics we discuss frequently on this program is the dramatic progress in the medical area the changes in the medical area have been astounding and one example of this is growing a living ear on a soldier's forearm using cartilage that was harvested from her ribs. Now, two years ago, Private Barrage was returning to a, to a post in Texas after visiting her family in Mississippi. A front tire blew out, sending the car skidding for 700 feet, and it flipped several times. She was... Um, thrown from the vehicle and suffered head injuries, spinal compression, fractures, and the total loss had just sheared off her left ear. So Burridge was presented with a daring plan from Lieutenant Colonel Owen Johnson. He's the Chief of Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery at Texas William Beaumont Army Military Center. And uh, he proposed building a new ear using cartilage from Burridge's ribs, then tucking the ear under the skin of her forearm to allow it to grow and form new blood vessels. Now, since the ear, which is in the arm, has all new veins, nerves and arteries, it's able to feel and hear the same as if it was the original ear. The ear was later affixed to Barrage's head by specialists and she didn't lose any hearing during the procedure and if all goes well during rehabilitation, she'll all have feeling She'll also have feeling in a reconstructed ear. She'll also have some more skin grafts and things, but nevertheless, she still has two surgeries to go, but she's feeling very optimistic. Now, you probably saw the news a week or so ago about Ford dropping the Fiesta, the Fusion and the Taurus and producing only the Mustang and Focus Active, so down to two brands. Which, and they're focus active. They're not releasing until 2019. The factor behind Ford's decision is cutting $25.5 billion from costs by 2022, trimming the fat in its lineup. So it's not only just about expenses. It's also about staying ahead of the new technology curve, especially the emergence of autonomous vehicles and services. Ford plans to capitalise on recent trends by building smart vehicles that integrate the best technology and by providing customers with the most trusted mobility platform and services in the industry. Ford is going to develop a profitable autonomous vehicle and they're going to lease them so it'll be a a human-centred ride-hailing and 
goods delivery experience. It's it's an interesting, totally new model. And Ford's on track together with Argo AI to deliver a commercial-grade self-driving vehicle at scale in 2021. So not just one or two of them, but heaps of them, both for the movement of people and goods. So this is a momentous shake-up for the automobile industry. And uh, in the context of Ford's plan to transition to driverless vehicles, it'll be much easier to build an autonomous platform across a very tight lineup of vehicles rather than the full range they have now. So building driverless cars is complicated, but it's much more difficult to write 10 lots of software with different wheel bases, turning radiuses, clearance heights, and so forth. So standardization will be the key in the early stages of rollout. Currently, you own a car and that says something about you as a status symbol or whatever, but in the very near future, you're just going to be hiring, hailing a driverless car. So the personal element of the car is not that important to you. And uh, just to give you some added perspective, market forecasts a smart transportation market autonomous cars to be worth 220 billion in just two and a half years and the uh, whole market could exceed a trillion dollars in 10 years now remember if you're not living on the edge you're taking up too much space and just think about this it's easier to do the impossible or the bloody nearly really difficult than it is to do the ordinary Anybody can do the ordinary. And if you're always trying to be normal, you'll never know how amazing it can be to be different. So I hope you can join me again next Tuesday when I will be back again from my studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles, California, where technology meets entertainment. In the meanwhile, continue to be successful because the alternative really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.